All right, welcome to another episode of Growth Marketers Podcast. I'm Samuel Timothy. And I am Taylor Rowe. Today's episode, we talked about the missing piece in most B2B marketers' marketing strategy or specifically their ad campaigns. We see a lot of companies shifting their ad spend towards digital, towards digital ads, digital marketing, demand gen, inbound marketing, however you want to look at it. But we see a lot of companies missing the mark or maybe even potentially giving up too soon, too early on specific channels. So in today's episode, we dove into a couple of things that you may not be considering or having as much emphasis on as you should. So hopefully you enjoy the episode. Uh, as always, give us a, a like and a subscribe and uh, subscribe to the future episodes of the podcast. So today we want to talk about the missing piece of your ad campaign, specifically in the B2B sector. So we want to get into the details of what actually is the key ingredient in the B2B ads that sometimes people overlook. Yeah, absolutely. Before we get into that, even probably just take a step back. I mean, in terms of running ad campaigns for for B2B companies online, I would say is, is relatively accepted nowadays. People are, you know, we see businesses shifting their ad spend into, you know, social media, all those kind of things away from traditional, uh, or at least investing more into digital. Uh, but for some reason, the uh, traditional way of marketing is is kind of gone by the wayside. So, for example, um, you know, we're spending companies are spending money on uh, audience, um, you know, information. They're, they're buying list data sets, uh, buying intent data, all those kind of things, making sure they're they're targeting the right audience with their ads. They're spending money on agencies to help uh, manage the ad spend. Spending uh, absorbent amount of monies on attribution software to make sure that we're we're tracking and, and being able to understand where these leads are coming from and what campaigns are converting the highest. Um, and we're spending obviously a lot of money on the actual ad spend to promote the ads. Uh, but what I see a trend in, in companies that are not seeing as much success, uh, in the ad space and the B2B, you know, uh, from a B2B standpoint is companies that are forgetting about the importance of the actual creative, um, of the, of the ads, right? Mm -hmm. When I say traditional, right, I'm talking about back in the day, you would, you know, your whole ad campaign was uh, all about, you know, this billboard or this magazine ad and everything was about, you know, the creative, the design, um, the, the one word slogan or how that was all going to resonate with your audience and the emotion that it was going to bring out of your potential customer. That was what creative agencies did. That's what ad agencies did, right? Mm -hmm. Now that it's become digital, uh, we have so much access to, as marketers, we can do all those things ourselves. And so now everyone all of a sudden is a, a graphic designer or creative and like not a ton of thought goes into the real reason that those ads are either going to work or not work, right? At the end of the day, someone's scrolling through Facebook, someone's scrolling through LinkedIn uh, to create that, you know, kind of thumb stopping creative. It's all going to come down to that creative, the messaging that's the most important piece of it. Um, and for whatever reason, that's, I've seen the least amount that companies are spending on the ads. Um, they're pulling pictures or images off Canva, slapping up a, a slogan, um, and just typing in some, some ad copy without a ton of real thought into what's happening. And they're testing every single other thing about it. They're testing the audiences, the spend, uh, landing pages, 
but no one's really focusing on the, that really the most important piece, which is the, the creative and how that creative is going to resonate with their audience. Yeah. So, you know, my, my question is, I think, you know, B2C companies are doing a better job in that more than B2B for sure. And I mm-hmm. think we do underplay, you know, downplay the, the importance of the creative aspect of it. So obviously you touched on all the things that goes into running a campaign, like the audience, the targeting, all of those things, but what, like specifically, what could they do different or better to, before they even start um, creating those assets that's needed for the ads? Yeah. Well, I think you, you have to, you have to dissect each aspect of, of what you're trying to accomplish, right? Any marketing campaign always starts with who are you marketing to and what's going to resonate with them, right? Who, who's that persona? What's going to resonate with them? So that should be the basis of your ad campaigns. You should come up with different, you know, creatives. Um, and I think you should really focus on testing, right? If we go back to that old, you know, Mad Men style, uh, advertising ad agencies, they used to spend months and months coming up with the creative, coming up with the slogan, coming up with the pitch, getting companies to buy into that idea. Then you go through a series of uh, essentially, um, you know, testing, right? Uh, focus group testing to see what's going to resonate. All of that today can be done so much faster. And basically in real time, you can A-B test different audiences, different messaging, different, you know, colors, different call to actions, different ad copy, different, all, all those sorts of things can be tested. Uh, and what we see, what I see a lot of times is like, we're as a company, right? We don't understand this platform. So we're going to test this channel. And so all of a sudden we're going to spend, you know, it could be $500, could be $5,000, could be $500,000, but we're going to test, you know, the, the viability of Facebook or the viability of LinkedIn. And we spend some money and either works, or it doesn't work. And you're forgetting about the fact that there's so many other things that need to be tested. So I would focus on, you know, that, that creative aspect of it, the messaging, all those other things are important. The, the audience, the landing page, the you know, conversion experience, all those kind of things, but you can't lose sight of the fact that all of those influence one another, right? You can have great creative that's targeting the wrong audience and vice versa. So use that to your advantage. The fact that you can test all this in real time, rather than spending six months going through focus groups uh, and trying to, you know, decipher and understand the results of what that focus group is, test it in real time. If you're going to spend a couple thousand dollars, spend, you know, $1,500 on one ad and spend $1,500 on the other ad, test them to the same audience, see what happens. Take that, change the audience, see what happens. Then change the creative again, continue to test and improve. Um, and that's something that for whatever reason isn't done, uh, at scale. I think people maybe are afraid of wasting money. Um, but they're okay with, you know, going all in on a a radio ad or TV ad or a trade show or something like that. When you don't have that ability to, you know, if it's not working or you see something working better, you can't change that in real time because you've already spent money on the commercial, right. Or you've already, you know, printed all the billboards like that, how much work we put into putting out a commercial should still be done, but should just be done faster to find the best results uh, on a, a video ad on YouTube, right? Yeah, yeah, and I do think it's po- probably because you know the the ability to have instant access to performance data that they give up too soon because that channel didn't work. Uh, but it, instead of uh, kind of taking a step back and thinking, hey, is it because the messaging wasn't resonating with our audience that it didn't work, or or is it just us writing off LinkedIn or writing off Facebook as probably not the you know like you said the viable channel to leverage? Right. Well, yeah, and I think it's so premature to give up on a channel like that. Um, 
because what did, why did you invest in that channel? Why were you testing that channel in the first place? Because you believe your audience is there, right? I mean, you can look at that data. Is your audience on YouTube? Is your audience on LinkedIn? Is your audience on Facebook, right? I mean, the, the answer is overwhelmingly yes. Uh, no matter what you're selling, uh, you can probably reach your audience on those on those channels, right? Google Display Network, whatever that may be. Uh, YouTube is is probably a big one that you see. Facebook, even for B two B marketers, people say, you know, our we our audience is you know professional, so they're not on Facebook. It's like, well, okay, they don't they don't have any sort of life outside of work. They're not on Facebook. They're not on Instagram. Uh, I find that that hard to believe, right? So there's some audiences that aren't and some audiences that sure you're going to waste money, but you can't <clears throat> test a channel and only test, you know, a set of just all one, all one variables and say, well, we spent $50,000 or we spent $10,000 on Facebook. It didn't work because, you know, we did it for a month and we didn't get any leads, right? Or we didn't get any customers. Like you need to understand who your audience is, what the variables are that impact success, what you're measuring as success. Uh, and then really test all of it. And I think the missing piece to go back to it is that the focus on that creative is is not there. Um, again, I don't think even if companies are hiring an agency that's experts in social ads, uh, I don't think they they value that creative because they're not looking at it as we, how we used to look at traditional marketing. They're looking at it as I could go make that you know, I could recreate that in Canva tomorrow, or I can download Photoshop and I can make that same ad. So why would you spend extra money for it? It's like that you're, you're paying for the process and you're paying for the testing and not necessarily that one design that looks like as the only outcome. Yeah, and I also think people do, um, you know, they don't value the amount of energy and thinking that has to go in to create something that's uh, eye-catchy and compelling to pro- provoke someone to take action. Um, because I know, you know, we as, you know, obviously we're in the agency world and we have cl- clients and oftentimes, you know, their internal designer has a vision of what that, what their ad needs to look like, but it's yeah. often very hard from the agency side to go tell them your baby looks ugly. Um, you have yeah. to, you have to redo that design. Um, so I, yeah, I think I'm- there's a fine line between that. So like, obviously, you know, I, I agree with you hundred percent in terms of the importance of having to test the messaging and the creative what, what practical measures someone can take, though, um, in, in terms of maybe like timeline of how long before we give up the creative and, and the channel? Because obviously we can't just spend all the money and you know keep hoping maybe it is the creative and just keep working at it. Right. Um, yeah, I think it just goes back to understanding the, the variables, right? So if you, if you understand all the variables of what you're trying to do, then you can start to test each one of them. Uh, and I think the, the timeline of when you give something up is probably not necessarily time, it's probably volume, right? So you might wanna set like certain volume of impressions because if you said, hey, <clears throat> we're gonna spend you know, $100 or $1,000 or $5,000 or whatever that, that number is, you have to look at the way that you're setting up the, the bid strategy and, and how you're, you're paying for it. Because if you only get in front of 100 visitors or even a thousand, let's say you have a thousand impressions, like, is that even enough volume for you to make a determination on whether or not that worked or didn't work? And like, what is working mean? Like maybe all those people saw that and was like, oh, that's interesting, but they didn't, they didn't click on it. Right. So, uh, you have to look at what you're also, what you're trying to do, especially as B2B marketers, right? If I'm, you know, I'm trying to sell shirt, like 
I'm trying to sell a polo that looks just like this one, but doesn't have, you know, this Nike logo on it. It has the, you know, Taylor logo on it. Uh, it's pretty easy. Someone scrolling as a consumer through Facebook or whatever channel it may be. And they see that shirt, like they know what a shirt is. They know how to wear a shirt. They know how much a shirt should cost. So you only have to show them like, Hey, this shirt looks nice. And maybe a little, a couple of testimonials to say, it's the most cool shirt I've ever had or never got compliments on the shirt. Like it's, it's not a, a ton of information you have to give them. Whereas a B2B, you're trying to sell them a product, a service. Uh, you're trying to sell them a different way of going about doing something that they're already doing. And so you're trying to make a, a much bigger change in their, uh, their behavior. So I think there's a lot of information that needs to be portrayed in that in one ad, right? If you look at this little small little square that has a couple of words of text on it, it's like you have to convince them to stop scrolling, to pay attention, to click. Um, and then if you're trying to get them to convert in that in like a lead ad or something like that, give their email information, like that's a lot of, that's a lot to try to do. So maybe you need to do, maybe you need to send them to a page that's going to send, give them more information. Maybe you need to use a video. Maybe you need to use uh, you know, carousel ad that gives you a couple of different ads to show different functions or features or you know, capabilities, whatever that may be. It's like, you got to really understand what you're trying to do. And then just honestly use a little more intuition than I think we're using. We're so data driven that it's like, uh, how many conversions do we get? How many clicks do we get? How many impressions do we get? <clears throat> just again, go back to like, if you were to, if, let's say this was a billboard and 500 people drove by this billboard, uh, you know, they fit their, your target audience because we've already established this targeting is job title, you know, behavior, all these kind of things, demographic, firmographic behavior makes sense. We're going to show this billboard to 500 people. You still might say like 500 people is not enough, right? If we had a X percent conversion rate, <clears throat> how many of those people are going to be actively in a buying cycle or ready to reach out to us? So maybe it is a volume. It's like a little bit of intuition between the numbers, I think needs to be, I know, I don't know if that's an actionable insight, but it's like use a little bit of common sense along with all of this high tech data that we have. Hey, thanks for listening. Solomon here. Are you frustrated because you're not getting enough inbound leads? You're worried that the leads that you're getting are not qualified or maybe you're disappointed in the conversion rates from the leads to customers, right? It's really, really low. Well, I got good news for you. I talk to business owners every single day. You're not alone, all right? Businesses go through this when there is a lack of strategy sometimes. Uh, maybe the approach isn't appropriate for your situation or sometimes you got all of those things right, but it was just poor execution. I'll tell you what, head over to oneims.com and fill out one of our forms talk to one of our consultants. That's all we do. We talk to business owners day in and day out. Share with us your challenges and see if we're a fit, right? See if we can find you a solution to your growing pains. You know, our hope here at OneIMS, and especially with this podcast, is to give you the tools, the technology, the ideas, the strategies, everything we possibly can for you to succeed. All right, so thank you for listening and let's get back to our topic for the day. Yeah, and I, I I agree because I think sometimes you know we're too soon to um, roll you know rule out something because it didn't work. Just the, there there wasn't enough um, sample data, right? Um, that is substantial substantial enough to be able to warrant that you know that messaging wasn't effective. Um, yeah, I, I think it also comes down to the size of the addressable market. So mm -hmm. if you are 
probably, you know, it's a broader audience that you're trying to target. Maybe, you know, Fortune 500 companies versus Fortune 1000 companies or any market company, right? So the addressable market gets bigger and bigger, then you actually need to be even wider in your approach. And what, you know, what may resonate with somebody who's a senior leader at a company that has 500 employees may not really resonate with a guy that's running a company of 40,000 employees. Yeah. Uh, right. So that also, I think, has something, you know, some some uh, something to consider for sure. Yeah. And what what's important to you and your metrics and your you know leadership team or your dashboard that you have as a marketer uh, is probably not important to your customer. Right. So don't force them into an action that's that's not, you know, what we would call buyer centric or not, um, not a convenient path for them. Right. Meaning. Like I said, if you're if this is the first time you're trying to let's say you have a software, right, or uh, you're you're maybe you're manufacturing somebody's creative new process or creative uh, new product, right? Like you you're innovating, so you're creating something that's brand new. So now this is the first time they've heard of your company, first time they've heard of your product or your service, uh, and you're trying to get them to what fill out a, a form if for you know to request a, a free demo or a consultation is like. That's not how we make decisions, right? So again, that goes back to that intuition of just understanding human behavior, but knowing your audience and stop trying to align, you know, stop trying to force them into this path just so you can then say, hey, we spent X amount of dollars and got uh, 50 leads, right? And I'd say leads with in quotations because it's like, what do those leads really mean? Yeah, most certainly. I think, you know, one of the other questions that I have is in terms of, you know, marketers and obviously senior leaders um, like obviously marketing is important and you know doing sales outreach and all those things are important like can we then take the knowledge from maybe prior sales conversation and sales inquiries or what those things are and test that uh, as a way to see the effectiveness of a specific uh, digital channel or something like that right what what, what are your th- thoughts on those um, those things? Yeah, I think from a creative standpoint, if we go back to that whole idea of like creative and testing, uh, I would look at all of that. I would look at what influences someone to buy. Um, so I would address the most common questions that people ask, the most common concerns that people have, um, and talk. I mean, there's no better way, no better place to go as a B two B organization than to your front line, to your salespeople, to ask, why do our customers work with us? Why don't they work with us? Why would they go with a competitor? Um, is there something we can improve upon that or something we can address with our marketing and messaging? Uh, what are those hot button issues, right? What are those pain points um, where they're either going to stay with their current vendor, go with us, buy a new technology, not buy a new technology? Like what, what is the job that they're trying to accomplish and how do we make, how does our product or service make their lives easier? That's where you start with that testing, right? Is you have to start with those, those sticky points uh, and those pain points of, uh, you know, resonating with them on a personal level. Um, and I think that's a great, great idea is to start with talking to the sales people because they're, they're the ones having these conversations over and over again. Uh, and they know what would entice someone to take a step in that, that next direction. Yeah. Because obviously the sales reps are doing either cold calls or cold outreach or some sort of a sales outreach strategy to get in front of prospects. And, and I think the stats are somewhere between nine to 13 touches before someone actually responds back to any sort of an outbound uh, effort, right. right? So they're obviously testing a lot of, you know, opening sentences and subject yeah. lines and all sorts of stuff. So I'm also curious, like how much learning is already that it might be in your organization that can be easily transferred over to your marketing t- 
marketing team to be able to um, get much faster response or even right. And that's that's the interesting part, right? Is uh, companies have adapted this idea across every aspect of their business when it comes to lead generation, customer acquisition. Like you said, it's like there there's no sales leader in the world that would uh, you know hire five sales reps, uh, have them all make you know cold calls for a week, and then say, well, cold calling doesn't work, right? Mm-hmm. It's not not for our business, right? You can't send one email to a company and say, well email as a channel, let's throw that away because that, that doesn't resonate with our audience. Like mm-hmm. we know that, as you mentioned, the, the way we approach it, the channel that we're leveraging, the messaging that we use, the frequency that we touch them, the approach that we take in terms of our messaging, uh, has a huge impact on how it's going to be received by that audience. So, uh, and we've all seen it in our personal lives. Like we've all been influenced by some sort of marketing campaign or ad campaign that made us buy, buy something. So I think, um, it for whatever reason hasn't been translated into this. Maybe it's because it's new, but we're we're blanketing this idea of digital advertising, uh, social media ads, however you want to phrase it, and just saying like we'll test this whole channel without looking at all the intricacies of that channel. So I would say, obviously, you know, like you say, we need to test the the channels and possibly adapt some of the frequency things that you learn from even sales efforts uh, should be considered as part part of the strategy. Um, probably something you know uh, to keep in mind as you're experimenting. The other thing that I thought about is actually just the timing itself because sure. a channel that may not have worked maybe let's say you know or even just overall um, messaging that may have worked you know 2 years ago might be much more relevant today, right? That channel might be much more adapt- adapted by your target audience and the messaging might be much more relevant today because of maybe seasonality changes or industry trend changes or uh, you know or any sort of legislation changes, right? That now became more of an important um, hot topic for that industry or the persona that you're targeting. So sometimes you may need to go back to your drawer and pick up some of the other messages that you may have tried or the channels you gave up on. Um, yeah, it's, it's forever an evolving uh, and moving target, right? I mean, the platforms themselves are changing, uh, you know, whatever, five years ago, like, yeah, Facebook or, I mean, you know, Snapchat and Instagram wasn't a a viable option, right? So like the users are changing, the uh, advancements and the algorithms are, are changing, the targeting capabilities are forever evolving. So uh, I would say, yeah, week to week and month to month is completely different than especially year to year, right? If you tried something three years ago, it doesn't mean it won't work, you know, again. And then also your audience, like you said, their, uh, their ability to be, I guess, receptive to some of these things, especially if you look at, again, why are you leveraging uh, an awareness channel is because you feel like there's education that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. So it, it's going to take time and, and maybe that the education has happened by somebody else, right? And maybe, uh, you know, if you look at it the, in the marketing world, like we talk about uh, inbound marketing and, you know, keywords, ABM and uh, demand gen and rev ops and all these kind of things, like, if you were, you know, running ads and giving speeches and, you know, showing webinars around revenue operations, you know, six or seven years ago, like it may not have resonated with, mm-hmm. with the audience, but now most organizations like understand like revenue operations and how that's supposed to be structured because education has happened over time. So perception has changed and now that same messaging and same approach might've changed. So if you're leveraging an awareness, awareness channel, it's likely because you're trying to innovate and create something uh, introduce something new to the market. So 
you have to understand that too, that it's not going to be, again, the same as selling a t-shirt online because you have to teach them like, hey, this is why you need to wear a t-shirt. And then also we have the best t-shirts for you. Yeah. The other thing that I thought about is, you know, obviously we all know the, the term ad fatigue, you know, people who've seen the same ad over and over, over time, they're just, you know, they're immune to it and it doesn't really catch their attention. I also think, um, you know, just, just as yeah. the ad fatigue, you know, a strategy or a t- targeting or a messaging that worked last year may not have the same effect this year. Right. And oftentimes comparing a prior year performance to this year performance, and then, you know, pointing fingers and say, Hey, yeah. it's your, it's, it's your almost, <laughs> yeah, it's almost never, uh, never apples to apples. Right. And I think you pointed out a, a couple of great points, like the, the creative is a huge piece of that. The audience is a huge piece of that, especially if you're in the B2B space, you mo- most of the time you have a relatively limited TAM, right? The total addressable market. So like the people that converted as those early adapters on your ad a couple of months ago, like you can't keep showing the same ad to that same audience because they've already converted, right? So now you're showing the same ad to people who already didn't convert. So you've already eliminated the people that were going to convert. Then you're going to show the same ad to the same audience over and over. Uh, on top of that, then you have economic and you know industry changes that are happening month over month, year over year. You're going to have um, changes, obviously, in uh, the targeting capabilities of different platforms. Uh, you have to look at, again, how does you know Facebook, YouTube, uh, Google, LinkedIn, how do they make money, right? How do they keep their shareholders happy is like, they need to make more money last quarter than they did the quarter before. Right. So it's like, of course, things are going to get more expensive. Um, you cannot, it's, there's so many different variables that it's, it's kind of ridiculous to even look at and say, well, you know, two years ago, we ran an ad to this audience and got, you know, a $10 cost per lead. And this year it's a $12 cost per lead. Like it's too expensive, right? That it's a, it's not even the same thing. It's completely different. Yeah. And I think, you know, the one last point I would add is just, um, you know, what worked two years ago, the privacy settings on devices right. and the platforms that are obviously taking uh, user privacy to a next level is making targeting even difficult than it was before. Um, so that also plays a big part in the overall efficacy of your, your, your campaign. So that's something I think cannot be overlooked. Yeah, absolutely. So really, you know, key takeaways, um, from this, we talk about, Hey, the missing piece of your, your ad campaign, your marketing campaign, I think, uh, creative, um, would be that missing piece or the emphasis on creative because creative is there, but I, I think it's not being, uh, not being respected the way that it used to be uh, in the marketing or in the advertising space. I mean, you hardly even hear anybody say they work for an advertising agency, right? Everything is like a marketing agency. And I think understanding the creative aspect to that. Um, and then I guess a, a bonus uh, you know, piece is just understanding those variables and, and testing each of those variables. So I would say creative and, and testing um, is, is really what's missing in a lot of these B2B companies. Uh, just mindset when going into looking at a new channel or potential channel uh, when it comes to reaching their audience. So hopefully that was uh, valuable to you guys. Um, As always, uh, give us a a like, subscribe, um, recommend the podcast to a friend. If you have any questions, uh, please submit them. Uh, We'll we'll hopefully address them on a a future episode. Uh, So thanks for joining us for another episode. All right, so if you enjoyed this episode, 
Here are five things that you could do to help us. Number one, make sure you click that subscribe button so you never miss another show. Number two, share this with a friend that you know needed to hear this. And three, leave us a comment. We love hearing your thoughts, your ideas, things that you've learned so others can learn from you. And four, if you have a topic that you'd like us to cover, let us know so we can put that in our notes and share our insight All right, for our next episode or the one after that. And finally, you guys, join other growth marketers, head over to oneims.com and check out all the resources that we have made just for you. I'm talking guides, webinars, blogs, videos, anything that could help you become a growth marketer. All right, so thanks a lot for joining us this week on the Growth Marketers Podcast, and I will see you next time.